a zombie detective doctor. Must be an anime. Hello, lovely listeners. Hey, stranger. Welcome to another episode of Not Just Tentacles, where I, Rachel, attempt to demystify anime. And I, Ruth, stay permanently mystified. And she's here. Woo! You have been much missed, sweetie. Ah, I missed you too. So because we summer is a coming in or has been in for quite some time, it's... No, summer's now gone. It's <laughs> August. It's now monsoon season in the UK. Although there is meant to be a heat wave next week, even if it is just... No, it's just one day. One day. Yeah, and we say heat wave, it's only 25 bloody degrees. Yeah, the rest of the world is probably pointing at us. That's Celsius. Like, yeah. yeah. People laugh in Mediterranean. So we're talking... Meanwhile, Italy is on fire. Oh, God, yeah. So we are talking about... Greece is on fire. Summer 2023's anime. Because I have to say, when I looked at the lineup at the beginning of the season, it didn't seem that promising. Are you okay? You're just holding your nose like you're wearing a pair of imaginary spectacles. Oh, I've just got this cracking headache, but don't worry, it Let's will Let's power go. through. Yeah, of yeah. course. So, because there were a lot of kind of very by-numbers isekai anime. There, isekai? So, um, in other words, when people find themselves in another world. Oh, okay. Just say looking glass. Yeah, but one of them was a guy who was reincarnated as a vending machine in another world. <laughs> complete with big cartoony eyes and everything. I don't know what he could do I, with that. I mean, where does the plot go from that? Oh, oh hang on, wait, one second. I'm a ooh, I'm a vending machine. Like, stick your money in me. I mean, is it like, hey, fellas, is it gay if you if somebody puts money in your slot? Like, <laughs> I think he's been carried around by a hot girl in a bikini. I don't know, something like that. How can a woman carry a vending machine by herself? I don't know. It's an anime. There was no Yuri. I mean, what size are the vending... I mean, they do have sm some smaller vending machines. It was a big one. So oh, okay. I don't get it. So I assume she's some kind of warrior. They're very keen on their, their vending machines, or at least they were when I went there. So, right. So there's no Yuri, although apparently there's going to be loads in autumn. So we'll just have to wait until then. And it just seemed to be lots and lots of returning series. And I thought, I don't want to have to kind of watch five seasons in order to catch up. But I managed to whittle it down to three. And these are the three best this season, I have been assured by various other authorities. So Okay, so I in well. number three. Why are we doing them in reverse order? Because you... Fucking hell, woman. Have you never heard of dramatic tension? Okay, dramatic tension. In three. Right, okay. In three <laughs> would have to be... <laughs> I am not making this up. This is the title. Try not to laugh. Zom 100 Bucket List of the Dead. Zom 100 Bucket List of the Dead. Does this involve zombies by any chance? Yes. Which is Are there a hundred of them? Or is it just like there's been 99 editions before? 
Um, no, it's simply that the main character, Akira, um, so basically he is in the world's worst job. He's working for a really exploitative company. He hates his life. The only thing he likes is the girl at his work who he fancies. So that's what's keeping him going from day to day. But then he wakes up and it's a zombie apocalypse. And he's delighted because that means that he doesn't have to go to work anymore. But he's decided... He could have gone for a lady girl job. <laughs> that's true. I hate that phrase, by the mm. way. But um, he's decided that before he inevitably gets turned into a zombie, he wants to do 100 things. So he's made a list. Okay. And it's really... It perfectly balances kind of pathos and bathos. I mean, how does he know that he's eventually going to be turned into a zombie? Because everybody else he knows has. Because he thought, okay, one of the things on his bucket list was he wanted to finally confess to the girl that he's in love with her. Except but, she's now undead. Yeah, unfortunately, she had been having an affair with the boss. Awkward. And when she, he goes round to her flat to confess, the boss is there, now a zombie, so he quits and shoves him out the window. But then obviously he turns around and finds her and she's a zombie. I mean, a cute zombie, but still nonetheless all brains. So, he, so she can't like break the programming. No. So he tells her he's in love with her and then runs off before she tries to eat him. But either way... Fellas. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one that's happened to, fellas? <laughs> the one who got away and turned into a zombie. I'm sure there's a Reddit somewhere. But I, Told her I loved her. She tried to eat my brains. But the thing, I, dude, they always do that to you. The thing I love about this anime is, yeah, it's a zombie apocalypse, but it manages to be really upbeat most of the time. Like he's loving it. Like he's like going down the store, nicking beer, just living his best life. But it does kind of make it clear every now and then that this is a zombie apocalypse, Pernetto. and there is tragedy. It is like a Japanese Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, that's a perfect way to describe it. Because um, he makes friends with some of his neighbours and then obviously next time he sees them... They're dead. They're dead, exactly. Because he pops down the store to get his beer and they ask him for toilet paper and then they, he comes back and they're dead. And um, likewise, um, he... Hang on, wait. So zombies eat brains, right? Yeah. Right, well, presumably that means that zombies poo too. So they still need the toilet paper, right? Well, they still fart as well because there was one moment in the most recent episode where you had a zombie lady with her bum in the air that was just kind of farting for about a minute. I mean, that sounds great fun. <laughs> I, I mean, how does that work? Uh, oh, I mean, I know it's animated, but just like... Because one of the shows... You mean like I just I did in your face accidentally before oh, we recorded? Oh, no. Don't tell people about that. But one of the show's unique features is rather than doing it all blood and gore and guts oh shut up there's a dog outside barking we don't need that um it's just, i mean we like dogs but but not during a recording session. not the twilight barking hey 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 i thought it was starlight barking but either um, way really starlight barking really really weird sequel to 101 dalmatians where everybody's an alien and all of the humanity goes to sleep makes no sense what Any, anyway what are you on about <laughs> I will, is this an anime i will tell you about it later tell, tell us now no it's not relevant anyway so one of the unique features of this is rather than being all blood and guts and stuff they've made it look for some reason like um a washing powder advert so everything's always in beautiful color so you have people running around with blood and guts but it's all technicolor so I love that. So it never looks too 
visceral i guess this is to try and get around it so people can watch it and not be grossed out by the inevitable brains and gore and so on well brains are pink like barbie and um aren't they pink i thought they were pink kind of pink pinkish yeah pinky beige like an Ella. no not like an elastoplast but it does it does um teach some important life lessons as well because um he has got in touch with his friend um Kenjo who he was jealous of because he was effortlessly attractive and um had a great job and everything and he was jealous of him because obviously he was in his crummy job but he manages to find him still alive during the zombie apocalypse although he was unfortunately stuck in um a BDSM room with a woman that had turned into a zombie so But was she already chained up? Yes, so he was fine. Well, hang on, wait, wait, wait. So, how did she become a zombie in a BDSM room when she's chained up? I don't know. And this was something I was really confused about because I thought if he's had sex with her, wouldn't that make him a zombie too? But it's been a couple of episodes I mean, now, and he hasn't remember, is it Is it blood that does it? I'm I'm guessing it. It's not. Normally, it's biting. Yeah, you get bitten or attacked or whatever by a zombie, and you turn into one. But I can... so it's not like a, the whole anybody body fluid will do thing. Mm, so I think that she must have been a zombie before he went in there. But either oh, good. way, I mean that. I mean that's a fetish if you like. And speaking of Kenjo, he. Is Who great. gets their rocks off by like, oh, you've been a bad. Oh, do they? Do they? Do the zombies speak in this? Um, no, they just make you. <laughs> exactly your typical Although you get some really fast zombies as well so akira's going around on his motorbike doing the akira slide so yeah that's an obvious intertextual reference to what well akira which is a famous anime with a guy with a motorbike so um he manages to rescue kenjo who seems to have a thing about getting naked and um in the last episode i saw what is it just it's just that the way that the trauma of the zombie apocalypse no he's always like getting naked because we saw flashbacks to them when they were at college together and they nearly always involved him getting naked hang on wait wait why is he always getting naked is this sort of like the joey from friends i think so he's a big sort of yeah a kind of big himbo wants to be a comedian type so they the last what? episode here's my helicopter yeah he, they find in the last episode i saw they found themselves i'm um, stuck in a department store with some flight attendants because they'd always said oh, they wanted to pull some flight attendants so that's on the bucket list and um yeah kenjo very quickly hooks up with one and starts shagging her on the mattress so <laughs> what a lad because they originally went lad. they originally went there to steal a tv and then they ended up with these flight attendants but unfortunately they quickly become zombies and one of them wasn't in the slightest hang bit, on how did they quickly become zombies because there was another guy that was stuck in there with them and being bitten but he was keeping to himself and then he turned into a zombie and then attacked another one awkward and um that one was the one that everybody thought was a lesbian because she wasn't in the slightest bit in interested in the guys and yet the instant she turned into a zombie she threw herself at the girl that um kenjo had been having sex with who was just in her underwear and then started gnawing her in a very sexual way so it's like yeah we've got your number missy (laughs) but i i thoroughly love this anime because it does say okay it's a zombie apocalypse but it's funny but there's also really sad moments like um akira made good friends with one of the girls um, one of the flight attendants and they were talking about dream jobs because he originally thought that she hated her job just like him but then she was talking about how she'd been inspired to become a flight attendant so they could have easily have been good friends if not boyfriend and girlfriend but then of course she gets attacked by the zombie and I, I think this will keep happening throughout the series that we will get all these important life lessons is it me or do we know a lot of former flight attendants 
I don't know any. Well, you know at least two. Oh, one. well, I don't know her anymore. I only know the one. And You know one. Well. Uh, well, hang on. Wait, I, I know about four, maybe five. What? Actually, no, you know two. You know two. It is meant to be a glamorous job, or at least that's what Akira and Kensho think anyway. But I do wonder how much of this... It is a badass job. I wonder how much of this was inspired by the pandemic, because although it was written before the pandemic, there are lots of elements, like the bit with the toilet paper, that make you think, ah. And you did get some people hey, that... What do you mean, ah? Why does toilet make you go, ah, unless it's really rough toilet paper that makes you bumbly? <laughs> you know what I mean? The the whole kind of um, stocking up on toilet paper and um, wanting to risk your life to go and get it. Was this written a couple of years ago, like 2000? 2018. Oh, okay. So just before. So I don't wow. know if that was necessarily what they had in mind, but it obviously has resonance now. And um, just before we switch over to our next anime, there is also another character who we've only seen the once, who is obviously his antithesis. She's like a badass survivor. That what She has her own list, but while he's writing what to do before he turns into a zombie, she's doing things to ensure she doesn't become a zombie. And she is kind of like hot and smart and... But you don't know what her name Keep is. Keep it yet. in the pants, Sarah. <laughs> but either way, the first time that he sees her, she saves him from um, a truck that's being driven by somebody that's just turned into a zombie at the wheel. So I look forward to seeing her soon because what's her name? We, we don't know yet. Ooh. But we're in the um, in the credits. We see him with a new friends group, and I think one of them is Kenjo only with dyed blonde hair. But the, he's still got his clothes on. <laughs> in this case, he's got his clothes on. But there's also um, this lass and another girl. So they, they look like they're going to have a great time during the apocalypse. So I can't wait to see them. Okay, so the name of the game, the, the name again for anybody who's forgotten is. Oh, Zom 100, Bucket List of the Dead. Yeah, because that's one thing I hate about film reviews and TV show reviews. They don't recap what it is. Well, I once accidentally did almost an entire review of something and never mentioned what its name was until the very end. That was embarrassing, so we don't want to do that again. Dick. I know, I am a dick. So, okay. Oh, how many? Oh, we have to score? Score? So, how many zombies out of five? I've... Zombies out of five? No, no, we're not doing a zombie score. No, let's. Uh, have, how much is it out of five? I would give it a th- three and a half, maybe four. You nearly made up a new number, then, do yeah. you? <laughs> a slide. Right. Okay. So now we're doing this in reverse order. Anime number two. Number two. Right. So this mm-hmm. is the gene of AI. The gene. Of AI. Yeah, that's right. Hang on. Is this gene-like genetics, or are we talking gene-like some old lady? It's genetics. Oh, I was expecting, like, an, uh, a robot grandma. Well, it's possible. So this is set in um, a futuristic world in which humans and robots live more or less in harmony. But you have lots of different types of robot. Like the main types are humanoids who seem to have been fully integrated. Like they can go to school, they can adopt kids. They they don't seem to be um, discriminated against, um, comparatively speaking, from what we've seen. Anyway, a bit like a book you wrote many years ago. 
Um, but either way, our main character, um, Hikaru, he is a doctor who specialises in robot cases. Not Hikaru, Hikaru. So, Hikaru Sudo. So, his mum was a humanoid. And this seems to be what triggered his interest in doing this. Because he seems to be about one of the only ones. And I think it's on the down low. He's not meant to be doing it. So, essentially, what happened was his mum was a humanoid. But somebody illegally made a copy of her. And the copy committed a crime. But obviously, she can't that a copy did it so she's in jail and has been for years so he's trying to work out how this happened but in the meantime as long as as well as this hang on don't they not have an appeal system there well apparently not so maybe this is another way in we which we did have fingerprints yeah maybe this is part of the way in which it looks like they're equal but they're not but either way, some people are complaining that they don't think that this gets enough focus. But to my mind, it is clearly just like the framing device where there's all this other stuff going on, all the various cases that he does. To be fair, I would be focusing on that big story. Like, there's an injustice going on. Yeah. But so far, that's only been mentioned a few times throughout the anime. The rest of the time, it is just looking at the various robots I'm sorry, but, if, but the thing is, if my mum was in prison for a crime she didn't commit, I would be tearing down fucking cities. I think this is another thing that the anime is also focusing on, that he isn't quite right. He's a nice guy and he's an excellent doctor, but he doesn't react like a normal person does. So I don't know whether they're trying to make the point that... Define normal, bitch. He does seem to be more into the kind... You know, the sort of person that goes personal isn't the same as important. So he is more focused on his job and serving the community than the business with his mum. So I don't know whether they're trying to make out that her being a robot has affected him. Oh, this duty first nonsense. Yeah. And he is the main thing that connects all of these stories because otherwise it is like a little self-contained story within each episode. So you look at the people that he treats, their backstories, what causes this. And there's also a bit of a flirtation with him and um, Risa, who is his assistant. Male, female. Who's a humanoid herself. And um, she obviously has a big old crush on him. So they do have human emotions, but he is completely oblivious to this. He doesn't seem to know. Are you sure he's not just on the spectrum i don't know but um there, there's one episode which is actually quite funny where um she yeah she's talking to one of her mates and um the mate keeps creating simulations about um romantic scenarios with him in and um you get risa getting more and more i can't do him like that and um it's actually quite sad because at the end there is another simulation or at least the girl says that she's saying oh i even did one of us and risa's like i'm not interested in seeing that and it's quite clear from that that her friend's actually in love with her because when Risa kind of goes off and she just says very sadly, well, at least one of us will get what we want. And it's like, eh. but Aww. we probably won't see her again. But either way, it, I just love the characters in this. And even the mini stories are great. Like um, there, there was one that really kind of upset me about a kid who um has a robot bear that um, he obviously... um was given in order to get over his parents breaking up. And then he's just become really close to the bear to the extent that his mum just hates the sight of it and wants to get rid of it. And um, there's one point... Hey, kids, divorce bear. I mean, when your parents (laughs) split up, did you get any toys? Um, I think I got a gremlin. I mean... Mohawk the gremlin. (laughs) But um, either way... I thought you liked the gremlin. Yeah, I love gremlins. 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, the, there's one point when him and this bear are out and about and um, he's just talking about how he's unhappy and everything and then he falls asleep and the bear's worried and wants to get him home and so he just keeps trying to get everybody to pay attention to the fact that his kid has fallen asleep but nobody's paying attention and then he just basically ends up throwing himself in front of a car in order to get people to notice and then gets obviously run over. So what? So yeah, it is sad, but the bear does get repaired, thank goodness. And in the same episode, we also find out that you have sex robots as well, but they don't seem to be on the same par as humanoids. Because this guy has, um, this robot has obviously been somebody's boyfriend for years, but she's fallen in love with a human man and um, wants to get rid of him. And he's all kind of like, oh, well, I, I understand. I, my time with you has come to an end, etc. And then she just feels really guilty and isn't invested in her relationship with the man so in the end she ends up getting him back although i don't know whether he still has his memories from their previous time together but there you go i mean where's his reset button <laughs> i think he does get reset after a couple of months so they can keep using him which is a bit is up icky. His butt? i don't know it doesn't say because it is just lots of mini dilemmas like that like there um there was another kid who um had really serious personality problems like he kept attacking people and being really irrationally angry but he's a terrific pianist so there was worry that um if they treated him for his anger issues whether that would stop him from being such a good pianist which it doesn't seem to have i, I just like all of these little mini stories because it's all very thoughtful and just different from your typical anime fair i mean if problem story of the week yeah if you're the sort of person that's in it for kind of like yucks and guts and whatever you might think it was a bit staid and a bit slow but oh and there's good trans rep as well because um what one of the other robots um who's a friend of his um caro um she's trans and it's treated respectably it's not it's not in the usual way that you get an anime so i thought that was good although risa asks a few stupid questions about it but i think that's just more to her being a robot and understanding these things than anything else you know if your phone had a gender, would it be non-binary? Because, you know, like, Siri and the other uh, assistants, like Bixby and Google, because they could be male, they can be female, they could be American, they could be whatever language you want. I don't know. It is an interesting question. I mean... Um... I mean, we all know that our phones tend to be female and Australian. Just because we like Aussie ladies best. But there's also that kind of unpleasant kind of underlying thing with phones where they are often females because they're seen as being assistants, which I've never liked. I've always found a bit unpleasantly sexist. Or English male butler types. I don't. What's that about, you know, Americans and their English butlers? And they always sound like your dad. What's with that? Yes. Hello, I am your phone. Yes. Actually, no, they changed the voice, right? So the phone, uh, the old English Siri used to be like, yeah, hello, yes, I'm going to make some tea for you. Now, sort of like my dad, just yeah. sounded like my dad. But now it's sort of like quite emasculated and sort of like Jude Law trying to be a chicken from Wild. Mm. What, like Bosey? Yeah. Oh, what a funny little man you are, I suppose so. What a funny little man you oh, are. Oh, God, that reminds me. Creepiest story so far, although there's quite a few creepy stories. Um, there's this... Um, so Sherlock Holmes. No, 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 no. We're going to be talking about that in a moment. Oh, okay. Right, so 
there's this guy who's got a crush on his this girl in his class and he also has this simulation where you can basically make it look like um anybody you want so he goes on dates and does stuff with um a virtual reality version of this girl from his class I mean, what's wrong with that? Well, it's a bit rapey. I mean, he's, Is using, it rapey? he's using her image without her consent. Hang but- on, wait, 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 wait. So, excuse me. If somebody, you know, in the olden days, takes the old Playboy centerfold to the bathroom or to their room or whatever and uh, has a bit of thoughtful imagination sexy times... Yeah, but that's different because she posed for that and knew her image would be going out and jizzed on. Well, if it's somebody... No, excuse me. What, do you think that's in the contract? <laughs> uh, my image will be perved on and jizzed on. Yeah, but no, this I'm is, sorry. That, that's... This is a random lass from his this school that he barely knows. I mean, you who know... Who has not ha- consented not... to be somebody's jerk-off fantasy. Yeah, but have you rubbed one out over a catalogue? <laughs> rubbed one in over a catalogue? Oh, let, let's not talk about that. <laughs> anyway, um, so... I mean, you know, I never got Madonna's consent. Just Ew. saying. <laughs> no. Anyway, so... he actually... No, I'm not... That doesn't happen now but like yeah (laughs) too much information so there is this so he actually goes on a date with the real live girl but unfortunately well actually fortunately because she deserves better than this creep he accidentally calls her by the name of the girl in the simulation and then she knows what he's been doing from that and she's obviously so disgusted that she never sees him how does she know about the simulation because it's um common knowledge everybody knows about this thing because it's called nana so what seven I guess so. And and in the same story, there was a guy who um, was having an... Aff- was it? Yeah, it was. It was in the same episode because it was like four cases. Um, there, there was this guy that just could not stop cheating on his wife. And because he was like, I just love boobs and butts. So um, Hickory- I mean... Who doesn't? But Hikaro cheated him to make him not be such a randy bastard. But then it turns out that it was her jealousy that was keeping them together. That the instant that he stopped being such a horn dog, she didn't fancy him anymore and she left him for somebody else. So so that was not a good outcome. So, yeah, that is the gene of AI. Um, I like it. I think it's one of the best anime this season, although it has a really creepy opening with a ultra-realistic baby that I don't like. I always manage to skip that bit. I, I don't find it ultra-realistic at all. I just think it looks like the kind of trippy shit we used to get in 1990s dance videos. Yeah, well, I didn't like it then. You know, like a big rotating baby. So I'm fine when you see the characters from the show and other bits and bobs and the technology, but not that baby. Oh, speaking of which, the way you can tell a humanoid from a human in this is the humanoids of strange kind of sideways pupils so generally speaking unless they're a really advanced robot that's how you can tell but i would give you this... just gobbled in my face then. oh sorry i would give this maybe a four out of five so it's technically better animated written etc than zom 100 just not quite as fun but see i, I would have put them the other way around it, i think it's a better show i'd have put them the other way around. right finally the best show of the season by no! Country Mile, and again, it has a ridiculous title, so I apologize in advance. It is Undead Girl Murder Fast. Undead Girl Murder Fast. Yes, which for some reason Crunchyroll insists on listing as Undead Murder Fast, and it's not. It's this undead is girl just Murder Fast. This is just 
turning into my head a zombie assassin murder girl clusterfuck. That is a good title. But no, hmm. basically what happens is it's set in Victorian times, which will become important. Well, let me guess. It's set in Victorian England. No, not at the moment. It starts in Japan. Okay. So basically... Don't, don't wag your finger at me. Basically, our main character, um, Suguro, he is an Oni fighter, which means that he fights demons, but he's also part demon himself. And he is a sideshow attraction where he just basically has to kill them for money. And he's decided, because he hates himself... Sounds and, a bit black butlery. He hates himself and hates his life, so he's decided that one day he is going to take out as many people as he can during one of these performances and then get killed himself. So he's, oh, so murder-suicide. So oh, he's wonderful. looking forward to doing this. You see, why would you... Do, uh, no, why would you write something with a main character doing that? How can you have a protagonist that wants to commit murder-suicide? Well, this is how it changes. His life gets changed entirely when he meets our other main character, the undead girl of the title, Aya. So she is a being... Aya. Yeah. Is yeah. that your surname? <laughs> Are you related to an undead girl? A-Y-A. So oh. basically, she is a being known as the immortal who would normally have a full body, but she is now just a head in a cage that is carried around. I'm just a head in a cage. I'm sure this sounds like a song. It's Smashing Pumpkins, isn't it? Despite all my rage, I'm still just, just a, a head, head in, in a, a cage. cage. So yeah, she no, yeah. is carried around by her surly lesbian maids and Shizuku. Is she does, called Danvers? No, like I said, she's called Shizuku, who does Shizuku. not who does not like Sugaro at all. She's very jealous of him and often beats him up. I mean, like whether she fancies wait, her. Can I just say something? Matter. Yeah. Right. So, like, how does she bathe the head? I don't know. I imagine she's got lovely glossy hair, so she must wash it every yeah, now and I mean, then. Does she just like dunk her in the bath? I, um, just and 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 also, I mean, do, do they get it all? I mean, having a girlfriend that just doesn't have any. I've no idea. Like, th would you just sort of like stick the head in your pants and <laughs> oh, hope for the best? Head. But yeah, giving her. Uh, well, Sugaro as part of his pact when he agrees to work with her because they have a common enemy. So the guy that did what happened to him and the guy, the guy, the guy that did what happened to her is the same man. He's a mysterious elderly foreigner who has. A hey, what happened to him again? Has a cane with an M on it. So what happened to him? He ended up being artificially part demon or something. Okay, so somebody turned him into a demon and somebody chopped her head off. Yes, that's right. But she survived. Yes. So How the hell did that happen? I don't know, but either way, he doesn't want to die anymore. He says he's going to work with her as long as it takes in order to find this mysterious man. And they swap saliva in order to make this pact. So Snogging? It, so it's like a weird Hang sort on, of kinky version of MHA where they're kind of swapping spit to get powers and swapping things. Swapping spit? I mean, is it sort of like that scene in Disobedience where Rachel Vice gobs on Rachel McAdams? I don't know, but if you've ever Just wanted... into the mouth like if a baby bird being fed. But if you've ever wanted to see a big burly man snogging ahead, then this is the place to go. And the very next episode, they are now set up as detectives who specialise in monster mysteries. Of course. Because some people thought that this jump was a bit abrupt, but I don't mind. Because I think it would have been a bit boring if it had been like, oh, now they're building their reputation. Hang on, is this sort of like Remington Steel, but with like an undead element? 
And it does have this as a running element that everybody's like, ooh, what's in this cage? <gasps> it's a head. It's like the I mean, is there Doctor a, Who sort of, um, it's bigger on the inside. Is there thing. a sort of a will they, won't they romance, sort of like a 1980s detective, you know, where you'd have a guy detective and a girl detective? I get that vibe from them, yes, because unlike most shows where you have a woman that's much smarter than the man, these two adore each other and love each other's company. They're always making jokes. They have a great time. Time. he quite happily calls her his master and listens to her and does anything she says they, they, they have a great dynamic I really enjoy them that there's none of that trying to put her down or making out that because he's the man he's important so it's kind of Benson and Stabler except she's got nobody and he's part demon in fact I think it is um it's Remington still was a good comparison because as far as everybody's concerned he's the detective because he's known as the cage user so they know that he has a cage but they don't know why it's important and they just assume that the maid is the maid and they just assume there's a budgie in there <laughs> I guess so. it's my fat budgie and just like zombie head together like <laughs> She tweet, al- tweet, 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 tweet. She always makes at least one reference per episode to the fact that she's just a head and it's invariably funny. But the- oh, I'm just a head. <laughs> I can't go down the shop. I mean, does she eat? Um, no, she doesn't. Um, so he's kind of busily scarfing down any food and making a mess. But yeah, she just sits there and does the cases. But the first case was um, about a... If you were a head, right? I mean, if you were a head, what, how would you keep yourself entertained? Would you just fight crime? No, that's what she's doing. But I... Um, I would hide in places and I, just jump out of people or just... Well, how go, would you just jump out? What, just like go... Rrr, 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 well, on your jaw? I would be, be like painful. Thing in the Adams Family. You know, I'll just kind of like hide in vases or cupboards and things and go... Rrr. I mean, obviously somebody would have to pick okay, yeah, you Open a drawer and there's up. a head in there. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that would be quite inconvenient. I mean, just being ahead how would you like move around just roll a bit well why not um so anyways the first case you down the toilet (laughs) he's gonna do that in the first case that they do um a vampire's wife has been murdered so they spent like a couple of episodes on that and everybody kept complaining oh this mystery is taking too long to solve the vampire do it no he didn't but I, I liked that because it kept me guessing throughout. I kept thinking, oh, I've worked out who it is, but I was wrong. I didn't get it until the, well, obviously until it was disclosed. And my favorite thing about this episode is he actually says to the person that did it, the murderers all like, oh, nobody's like me. And um, Sugaro wonderfully says before we beats them to a pulp, he's like, everybody says this. So you're exactly like everybody else. It's like, yeah, you say that to some of the twats on the internet, Sugaro. Since, as you might have guessed, I love him. He is my character in this show. He's, he just doesn't give a fuck. He's a great I'm guy. I'm there for the lesbian maid. Oh, yeah. Talking of the lesbian maid. So... She's getting it on with Carmilla yes, in the opening title. Because, that, that's right, if you watch it very carefully and pause it in the right bit, she's having sex... Rachel paused a lot. ...with a lady who turns out to be Carmilla. Because our mystery man, who is a professor with the initial M say no more um he has got a legion of villains that consists of carmilla um the creature from frankenstein a ridiculously attractive version of the vampire of the opera who looks like he's just got a bad case of sunburn don't you mean the phantom of the opera yeah that's what i just said you said the vampire oh sorry 
<laughs> I've got vampires on the brain. The, the vampire <laughs> of the opera. Well, in this version, um, Arsene Lupin is a werewolf, so I guess he could be the vampire of the opera. Lupin. There's a Lupin, uh, a werewolf called Lupin. Yes. J.K. and Alan Moore want their money back. Look, I'm sure they'll be fine. I'm sure they won't even care. But the thing I love about this next um, mystery is, I said quite early on, because somebody went when she was t- saying her deductions about how she was able to work out people had done this and that from just various clues. They were like, oh, you're just like that man from Baker Street. And she's like, I hope I never me- meet him. He sounds like a complete weirdo. And then in the next mystery, she... Can I ask, why do they always make Sherlock Holmes look uh, cute and like a lesbian? Well, this one doesn't, actually. This one looks more like your archetypal Holmes, so he looks no, like... No, Sherlock Holmes looks like my dad or Mark Strong. Yeah, this guy does. He looks like a dilfy kind of Mark Mark Strong and Watson has the proper moustache. They look like they're both in their 40s or 50s. So they look yeah. more Jeremy like Brett. your traditional like, um, Holmes and Watson. Yeah. yeah, so like him and Edward Hardwick, they look like. Or David, David Burke and Edward Because in the most recent case, they're having to um, stop Lupin from stealing a diamond from Phileas Fogg. So it is turning into like the world's biggest crossover fic ever. And I know right. you have views on this thing. Phileas Fogg, right? Yeah. Well, I think in that case they'd be right because he is doing a lot of cultural appropriation. Phileas Fogg. I mean, he acted all white saviour, marrying Princess Aouda. Who seems to have died because she hasn't appeared in this episode unless we see her later. And then... And he's really old. And and pass and Passepartout. I mean, I just think that... Uh, He's he's got a bit of a white saviour complex, hasn't mm, he? Wouldn't surprise me. A lot of the appropriation going on there. But yeah, they've called those two... So they've called our gang and also the Baker Street Boys um, to... The Baker Street Boys, <laughs> just say Holmes and Watson. Yeah, Holmes and Watson to try and stop Lupin from stealing this diamond. And there's also some weirdos from the insurance company who actually seem to be monster exterminators. So. Wait. <clears throat> yeah. Weirdos from the insurance company? Well, they are weird. I'm not implying that people that work insurance are weird. I'm just saying these guys are. Because one of them's a cute girl who I swear looks like she's some kind of animal. So I guess that's going to be um her secret that she's pretending to be a monster hunter when she's like part animal or something. Rachel and I have both worked in insurance. That's why I feel comfortable saying weirdos in the insurance company, because I used to be one. But anyway... You still are a weirdo, he's just not in insurance. <laughs> and the other one is some creepy guy that hates monsters and keeps going... Eeeh. And so, either way, I'm loving it. I'm loving where it's going. I mean, I know you don't like people using legacy characters. You think it's all just, like, plagiarism me just rip-offs. So. I... <sighs> I suppose when the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen came out, it was, oh, wow, that's such a novel concept. But now it's been around for decades. Everybody's just like, yeah, make your own. Mm, I understand what you mean, but the trouble is... All right, how would you like it if I just started to write the adventures of... um, Let's have a look. Let's see. I'm I'm just trying to think which 
classical characters engage with me. Okay, let's write uh, uh, where let's write the further adventures of Aslan, Frodo, and uh, Mrs. Pepperpot, and they fight crime. Mm, it could work. I mean, I wouldn't want Frodo in there because I hate Lord of the Rings, but it could work. Yeah. But I, but I just find it cheap and uninspired and lazy. Well, It's like getting AI to write your stuff for you. My thing is, although admittedly they could come up with their own characters and when there's too many of them, they threaten to drown out the original characters. Like I'm worried it might, if it keeps on happening, that it might do it to Ayer and Sugaro, which I hope it doesn't because I love them. They're fantastic creations. Yeah, they sound interesting and innovative. And Sh- Shizuku as well, although I have no problems with her actually getting on with Carmilla because too many adaptations forget that Carmilla's a lady-loving lady. It's just like, oh, she's the only vampire we've heard of and she's sexy, let's make her straight. But... What? Carmilla is not. No, gay. I know, but seriously, the only adaptations I've seen that have made a gay are either, well, the Moth Diaries is a rip off of that, yeah, but the also web the series. Hot one, the Hot Web series, yeah, and, and Natasha and Even that awful thing with James Corden in it, that had her as a lesbian too. So those are the only things I can think of where she's gay. But anyway, this is getting away from what I was saying. So I. On one hand, I agree with you that it's derivative and people should invent their own characters. But a lot. But you're enjoying the ride. Not only that, a lot of classic literature is unreadable. So you have all these amazing characters, yet they're in books that nobody in their right mind would want to read. What like, do you mean? Like, Fine. Okay, so for instance, I adore Conan Doyle and I love Carmilla, but a lot of the other old books, like, I don't know. Jules Verne or whatever. Or it's in French. Even Pride and Prejudice. You're just like... You, 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 it's just so... It's not badly written per se, but it's, it's not just... not badly written. It's just that language has evolved. Yes, exactly. You, you just feel like... You, you get to the end of a sentence and you're like, what the heck did I just read? You, it just makes you just have to work that little bit harder. I would rather have those characters in a setting where I understood what they were saying and where they were having fun adventures. Like Dickens. I cannot sit through an entire Dickens novel. I, I just could not. So I would rather have Dickens's characters in something Sung that was Muppets. fun. And, exactly. If a Dickens adaptation does not have a singing rat in a top hat, I don't want to know. <laughs> well, that's how it works for me. And I've just realised that we're now over the 40-minute mark. But that's okay. We've done a review of three cracking shows. So, what's this show called again? So, it's Undead Girl Murder Fast, and I would give it a four and a half, because may I say, the episodes, like most anime, are like 22 minutes long, including credits and everything, and yet it always zips by. I'm always like, whoa, is it finished already? Because I'm that absorbed. I don't look at the time once. I just love the ride. I'm just like, this is brilliant. And I felt that with every single episode. It's never dragged. I've always loved every single second of it. So that, to my mind, is the mark of a good anime. And even though it's obviously quite talky with it being a detective series, it's still great. I love it. So... Okay. So it's been a marvellous season and I can't wait to carry on watching these. What's coming up next? Um, next, I would say um, My Home Hero because we've put that back and put that back. Death by Rice Cooker. <laughs> yep, and also um, Rayliana as well. I'm looking forward to reviewing that. Is that why Rayliana? Yeah, why Rayliana ended up at the Duke's Mansion. Yes, again, another title that kind of 
goes on for days. Not why Rachel Eyre ended up at the Duke's Theatre. <laughs> to see the Barbie movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's later this week. <laughs> anyway, I think that's all we've got time for today. But I love you guys. Okay. Love you too. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. And you can also follow us on social media. We are at Tentacles Not on Twitter. And on Facebook, our page is called Not Just Tentacles. Speak to you soon. Bye.